This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Stuff Podcast Network. Welcome to Motherfucklore, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I am the Pod Dad, Dar and I'm not the Pod Dad. I'm Pat Ogrivonik. You're the Pod Son. You just no, no, no. <laughs> you have to call me Daddy now. Dad, no. Oh God. <laughs> oh, I feel filthy. Um, it's pronounced filth, filthy. Filthy, filthy dirty. Um, you're really leaning into that nickname, Rich. Is that, is that your way of negating its power? I Accepting think, it, I, like I've, I've accepted. It. I, th- I think our listeners have accepted it. Uh, the contributors and the the larger kind of a uh, motherfucker adjacent team have accepted it. It's just you know, it's better. <laughs> it's better than the nicknames I had in school. <laughs> what was the worst nickname you had in school? Apart from Derek O'Shagirda, I think O'Shagirda was was one of the worst ones, and and then there was also um, one day I um, for lunch I brought in that my mum had made some had cooked some sausages and I brought them in cold to like eat to put in a sandwich. She told me that you know to add them to the sandwich later rather than just have the sandwich be made. Yeah. And people were looking at me eating cold sausages and they were like they, they started calling me sausages, <laughs> and I was like and when I asked them not to they it, it made it worse and then oh, no and then what happened is I, they like the teacher would ask a question i put my hand up and someone go derek the answer isn't sausages oh no when a teacher and, gets in on the gig oh and it's <sighs> that's the thing it's it's like it's it's like legitimizes when hatred like yeah it just <laughs> it's it's kind of like when a minister tries to lean into their uh their 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 twitter image or their their or a joke about them it's you know when i when a teacher's in on the joke yeah. it's bad that's the, it's the equivalent of a big yellow thumbs up emoji. It's, um, yeah, I, don't know, I had some some bad ones as a, as a kid. I was very, um, uh, I, I don't know, well spoken. I probably didn't have as rough edged an accent as I do now. Um, so naturally enough, growing up where I grew up, my nickname when I was in the Cub Scouts in the Mackeev was uh, Poshy. That's yeah, always always Poshy by the way, not Poshy. Poshy, because that's how oh. they felt a posh person would talk. Yeah, it's it's terrible. This, oh, because I pronounce my ths, which I barely do anymore. It's a, it's a terrible thing because when you get when you get slagged about being posh or something like that, particularly from people who are probably posher or maybe well, richer, just find, find ways to dress it De- down. De- they were definitely richer. 
mean, I don't know if anyone in my Cub Scout group was posh, but uh, <laughs> they were definitely richer people than me. But you see this all the time with uh, particularly kind of leaders in, in business and politics and public life in Ireland who've learned, who've, who've maybe come from kind of uh, backgrounds of great privilege and have learned to, uh, to soften their accent. In the old days, uh, the Cardinal John Charles McQuaid, who was a who went was a Klongonian, uh, who went to Klongos, had had, had a, a, he, he made is a big, it Klongonian? Yeah, Klongonians are oh Klongos boys. Klongos boys, I've heard. And, a Klongonian, and also had had gone to black. He had done some time at Black Rock before becoming a teacher there. He made sure that when when he when he rose above headmaster level to you know he cultivated his Cavan accent to make sure to. Um, <laughs> To conceal his, you know, his son of a doctor, kind of a boarding school boy, privileged background, he he cultivated a man of the people image, and accent was a part of it. I think, look, a lot of people do that very successfully, you know, cultivating a man of the people image. Where did Bertie Hearn go to school? Joey's, I think. I Is think it? Joey. I think Joey's may have produced more Taoiseach, as many Taoiseach as Clongos. Come to think of it, imagine that. So Joey's, if I remember correctly, Joey's the um, Costello, and I think Hawhey may have gone there as well, oh. as well as uh, Bertram. I'm looking now. Hang on, I said, where do you go to school? No, he was at Patrick's National School and St Aidan's Christian Brothers. Why oh, not? you can go to Joey's. I didn't go to Joey's. True man of the people. True mm. man of the people, are Bertie. He went to DIT as well. Um, before it was DIT. Before it was DIT, the College of Commerce in Ratmoyens. And striking the right tone is very important in communication. And sometimes sometimes an offer can appear too good to be true, whether it is a, <laughs> whether it is a business opportunity or a sexual proposition. It can seem too good to be true. All right, all right, careful now. And, <laughs> and sometimes the, the use of language can flag this in a way. One aspect of this is when we, we see... Um, Twitter case purporting to be Irish activists using uh, terms that are more common in England or the States. Oh, yeah. Uh, you see this when um, when a certain LGB alliance talks about th- throwing a paddy on Boxing Day at our meeting. <laughs> and when they say, well, clearly you aren't Irish because don't, we, we don't talk about having a paddy when you're getting upset by something. Did you hear about the LGB alliance? I have heard about the LGB alliance, but did they say throwing a paddy? They threw said throwing a paddy. That's, um, yeah, I mean, that's, um, yeah, that's stupid. That's really stupid. When you're trying to, what do they call it? Astroturfing? Yeah. Uh, when you're trying to build a fake grassroots movement. Astroturfing. Um, astroturfing. Maria. But astroturfing if you're, <laughs> uh, you know, trying to um, denigrate the rights of trans people by generating a, an artificial grassroots movement. Yeah, by pretending to be to be like, oh, we are a group of Irish radical such and such and such and such. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. And Boxing Day is a dead giveaway. Boxing Day is a dead giveaway. And <laughs> dead then, giveaway. There's uh, people who don't even know who St. Stephen was, who, uh, you know, celebrate St. Stephen's as his day. Another example of this was, was during the um, repeal of the Eighth campaign. You saw um, some, some people saying, well, they come after the Eighth Amendment. Next thing you know, they're going to come after our Second Amendment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Do you even know what the Irish Second Amendment is? Do I even know what the Irish Second Amendment is? So. I know. I know a lot of people uh, talk about pleading the fifth, mm-hmm. which which in Ireland is the separation of powers between church and state. Oh, we uh, all plead that. <laughs> we all plead that. What's what is the what, what's on Dara Lasu or Munroch? It is. It's it's it is basically a, it's a tidying up um, feature. It, we're relating to, to the amend uh, to fixing certain protocols in respect of how uh, the changes oh, yeah. in in certain countries after World War Two, if I remember correctly. 
Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they're going to come for our Second Amendment. Oh, no. You mean they're going to uh, remove the limit on the amount of in-camera court hearings and transitory <laughs> provisions? <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> they're going to unfix the Presidential Vacancies Clause? <gasps> no. <laughs> you put that right back where you found it, mister. <laughs> There's another time uh, I saw a, um, a, a certain, um, well, without naming names, a certain uh, TD who was on the other side of that particular debate on the, on the, who didn't want to repeal, and some uh, there was a t- uh, someone tweets who, who claimed to be from Dublin, Dublin era, said, "Oh, you know, well done to the to the rookie rookie congressman, the rookie congressman, dead giveaway." Mm-hmm. Dead from, giveaway from the Dublin 69th precinct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the second congressional district of Dublin. I approve this message. Um, Yeah, so striking the right tone is important. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes language is a dead giveaway. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I have seen some, um, oh, let's call them anti-anti-fascists. I I wish there was a more succinct word for that. I Um, wish there was a more succinct way of saying it. Isn't not a (laughs) non-fascist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, um, uh, Yeah, so uh, I've seen people, like, just basically trying to reply to tweets like on like you know do do you even go here like that sort of that sort mm-hmm. of tweet with a bit of with a bit of Irish thrown in for good measure and it and it seems to very obviously come from a translation engine and has no contextual clues and it's just like immediately just dead giveaways like you know she doesn't even go here. <laughs> And uh, this is something that really comes up in the top the in what is broadly referred to as spam. So either spam emails, but uh, but also kind of bot, uh, uh, social media bots, fake accounts, mm. purporting to be someone else. When you misrepresent yourself, if you, and it is, if you, if, if someone is misrepresenting, if someone was deliberately trying to represent themselves as being from somewhere else, belong to a certain body, you find most um, people, most can kind of communities workforce they have they have their own little shorthands and in that there's, there's words that have a particular meaning within the within those groups of friends groups of people like some and sometimes if it's a normal word used in a different way but then there's other, and then on top of that you've got the actual use of language itself and well what's the what's what's the what do you mean what do you mean a normal u- word used in a different you, way you like might it? find yes yeah, say that so that for for an all person the difference between an, an economic issue a fiscal issue and a financial issue wouldn't be a uh, big thing but oh, um, economists would lose their fucking rag over that. I, I, I get that because like i've shown some of the spam that i've received to like solicitor friends mm. and they're going like that's that's not even how wills work that's not even it's not even the right word it's 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 not even wrong is the one you get. <laughs> it's so egregious. It's like I mean I don't have any uncles in sub-Saharan Africa, so I should re- immediately know that like this spam is not for me. Uh, but that said, I'm always curious, like how accurate is this? So you know, occasionally I'd ask a, a lawyer friend to have a look at it, and you know, she'd normally just go no. Why are you? Why are you still contacting me? This is not. I don't want to look at these anymore. This is so egregious. It's absolutely terrible. If you fall for this, I have sympathy for you, but you probably deserve it. In, mm-hmm. in, in part, um, yes, yeah, so spam, and and then of course like language as well, because mm-hmm. I think we've all seen instances of spam Oscuelga, um, oh, yes. which we call, of course, uh, Torskar. Torskar, one of the one of the 
best um, new words in Irish, if you ask me, because it takes it, they found an old word in the dictionary that has an equivalent meaning. Because spam in Ireland would have been a luxury product in the fifties. It would have been fairly high end, but um, have you ever eaten spam? I actually don't think I ever have. I think I, I think I've tasted it once. It's it's all right. Like it's fine. It's is, like salty ham. It's not it, the texture is what gets me more than anything else because it's reconstituted meat. It's still it's really weird. It's still a very big thing in in Hawaii and Polynesia. I'm told because there's maybe not not actual much. Um, it's hard so hard to get keep pork fresh on the travels. Mm-hmm. And I suppose and I know that there are some up up market tinned meats, particularly tinned fish. Like you get some very kind of you get some high quality you get some tin tuna that costs more than a steak. I don't like tin tuna though. I really don't like tinned tuna. The good stuff. Like, is I did it at a no, I did it at a push, but I just don't like tin tuna. I like I really like tuna in particular. I like raw tuna. Mm. Like I really really like good fatty tuna sashimi. Um, just really really nice but I just I'm like if you wanted to do a tuna steak maybe just seared and still raw in the middle I'd eat that probably but I mean just just not a fan of tin tuna even even the very good stuff but it is weird that like you know oh spam disgusting that's poor people food Mm. it's like yeah but I've got this like pate foie gras oh lovely Mm, delightful (laughs) a bit of potted mackerel oh I'll have the potted mackerel on sourdough toast (laughs) now that's posh I didn't have that when I was growing up (laughs) and i had these out there but the um oh yeah so tersker yes sorry we were saying because because spam is spammy and they chose tersker which means it is a word for dead seaweed thrown by the the waves onto the shore and left behind ah so it's useless and it clogs everything up exactly because like live seaweed is very useful oh Uh, yeah you know like and on on any year um they 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 grow potatoes in seaweed on the beach because they've Fuck all soil. Um, you know, so the like the they're the nicest potatoes. Um but yeah, they um they are incredible. Um so like seaweed is useful, dead seaweed is not. So mm-hmm. Tursker, dead seaweed that washes up, it's like all that dead crap that washes up in your email inbox. I think it's a it's a lovely choice and it's really useful. It's really mm-hmm. just a very um what you see is what you get kind of approached <laughs> to mm-hmm. terminology. Yeah, so you've received Spam Osgoelga. You've received some Tursker Gaelic. I sure have. And what I thought was very interesting is we got one in, we got one in work years ago and um, my manager was saying, well, we better reply to this. It's an Irish, you know what they're like. They're all, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, said to say, I, I said to you, I mean, like, um, do you, how's your Irish I mean? Can you see, I mean, he says, well, I don't speak Irish. That's what you're here for, you know? And he goes, and I was like, listen, mate, um, do you see the little sentence here? You know, $500,000. Do you see, <laughs> do you see this, the word prince, princa? And, and do you see the fact that this is uh, like, that this, this, the email address is actually, is, is a Chinese email address, even though the, and what I thought was very funny is that they had taken the time, instead of saying a Nigerian prince, it was an Ivorian prince. I thought, oh, hang yeah. on a second. By That's any a, chance, did they know they were reversing the Irish flag? I mean, why else would you choose an Ivorian prince? I just thought it was. I I, I thought it, if it was if it was a coincidence, it was a gas coincidence. But eventually, I explained no that it would be bad to reply to this email and verify it and damage the integrity of the entire um, oh, you network. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. Have, you shouldn't. Have, shouldn't have told them that. Like, because then you know they'll just stop replying to all emails. Oscar 
So that's probably another spam. Bye <laughs> <laughs> bye. But this some is, poor some poor fecker in Rathcarn is trying to get an answer as to his planning query. And it's like, <laughs> nope, spam, slon. And he, he has the polar roll up to outside his house. <laughs> <laughs> You're being arrested under the GDPR Act, mate. But the, um, is that in the Second Amendment? It probably so, fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, but yeah. So the, 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 I, I thought it was very interesting that it's, it's effectively somebody in another country had taken a, a standard block of text, such as the classic what what is called what was the Nigerian Prince email. This is based mm-hmm. on an old scam, which is called the which is traditionally called the Spanish Prisoner. Some of our listeners might be familiar with a David Mamet film called The Spanish Prisoner. It's not good. But uh, the it's, <laughs> I love Daryl Cochet's three-word film reviews. It's, it's not, not good. good. But the idea is that there is a, a long-standing scam where a where maybe a, a person a, a trickster would identify someone who maybe was in possession of some cash would say that oh my friend is a prisoner in Spain. Yeah. If we can pay his bail, he will pay you more than that money. So if you give me this much money, I will pay you pay you back in multiples. If you are kind enough to, you know, support this and effectively this sounds the, like a winner. I'm reaching for my wallet right now. And yeah, and there's there's different levels of persuasion, but the, effectively, then with this, when this was this, this, this trick, ironically, was probably used by by colonial agents on on people in Africa as part of the the, the conquest of these countries. <gasps> so they're just mm-hmm. doing it back to us, exactly. Oh, well, deserve that to a certain extent. Um, yeah. God. Okay, you see, the thing is, like, and there is a bit of a difference between the auto-generated spam and then these deliberately targeted scams, which do happen. And that mm-hmm. Spanish prisoner thing is, it has tended to come up uh, quite a bit in my day job working with older people. I would often get reports of people who would receive an email purporting to be from a friend, either from the friend's email account hacked or from a set up email account that looks like uh, the friend has the same name or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Uh, you know, do you have a moment? I'm stuck in Spain. I'm 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 in trouble, and my phone has been stolen. And then next thing you know, people are sending money via Western Union or something like that. Or, or I'm sure Western Union have the requisite checks and balances, but uh, they're sending money via unsecure uh, methods and can be can be at stake. Uh, you know, can can be at risk of losing a huge amount of money. A lot of people have lost a huge amount of money. So there's a bit of difference between auto-generated spam. Mm-hmm. And scam and phishing, P H I S H, that is to say, um, which I believe is only called phishing because the interwebs wants it to be spelled differently. Um, but I, there, I think there is a point. I mean, I can, I understand the the logic of spelling it differently for that reason, so that it's, so that it's it has a different searchability. Because if you want to search phishing, yeah, you want. Okay, I understand that because if you want somebody to search the wrong kind of yeah, phishing, SEO. then yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, that, that that makes perfect sense to me. But anyway, the point being that there's there's sort of auto generated spam body style content, mm. and then there's targeted deliberate phishing like scams and both of them both of them have thankfully been translated into the irish language you know we love being included (laughs) we love uh we love getting the uh we love getting in on the act even if the act is being you know having our computers riddled with viruses or or getting scammed out of thousands of euro we'll be right back after this short message from another great headstuff podcast network show (laughs) 
I'm Geraud Farrelly and I'm the host of Fascinated. Have you ever wondered about the pop bands you liked as a teenager? What went on behind the scenes? We had played this like grand prank. It sounds terrible, but I'm just so relieved it's over. And then they had this like great idea of getting another girl in who looked like Heavenly. What did they do afterwards? And all of a sudden you're like, that's the end of that. It was all blowing up and it all kind of just unraveled. And I thought it would last forever and it didn't. Check out Fascinated with me, Gerald Farley on the Headstuff Podcast Network. So some of the um, some of the fan, uh, the, the, the wider the Irish Four family on Twitter have been kind enough to share some of the examples of the spam they've received. This is what happens when you take it upon yourself to be the pod dad. You start calling your followers family. I just, listen, all I'm saying is you're only like a few months away at this stage from taking over a church and having a shootout with the FBI. (laughs) They're having a shootout with me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) Too soon. Oh, God. Uh, Always too soon. Yeah, I love, I love, I love some of these. These are brilliant. Um, Yeah. Desh Gano. Business opportunity. This one is Da Hongok. I like that. Um, it's Misha CFO Swedbank Nasulana. I am the CFO of Swedbank Sweden. That's good, as opposed mm-hmm. to Swedbank Finland or Swedbank Norway. And I have a business offer. Yeah, Tatarskin Kano Agumla Reintlat, Taya Jagwa Lumlahig Tilla Sunri. That is perfect. Oh my God. If, if only it didn't come from <laughs> a very obviously faked email address. Um, my God, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, an, interesting, oh. an interesting um, business opportunity from potato up the ass at gmail.com. Yeah. Deal with is Furbor Tahime, a diaryglish and Goris Ibercon of Risha Ermaglais. Chunik me too, Lemina Anus, Rinna Movirus, Onautu, Erdeglais, Trihive, the Queenie Fosta, Ertuga Court, Erladini. So I am um, Furbor Tahi. I'm an ex- a developer of experience. I'm an experienced developer, probably. Mm-hmm. And I managed to uh, install a device on your work laptop. I have watched you for months now. My virus has gone into your uh, device through a site for grown-ups. An adult site. Dini Foster. Dini Foster. Or hook to court air Ladani. Uh Musparon Bitcoin. Asterisk Mila Trikade US dollar quick Musparon Bitcoin. Um <laughs> I love this. Morawil is a good kunas shot Yenef is fed like Kaura era or Google Kyanic Bitcoin. Yeah, right. Uh if you don't know how to do this, you can seek help on Google. Uh, Kyanic Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. I doubt you're gonna find the instructions ask Elga on Google Kyanic Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Brad Ross, yeah, Kanig May, Cooper, Kanig May, Bitcoin, a Kanach Namitcoin. Oh, got this friend request from a Facebook bot. So Dara says, "Oh, look at this, Carmelina," and she says, "Diaga Gachtene, Mas Mainlat, Aved Aveld, and Grupa Ganesh WhatsApp." Hello, everybody. <laughs> Would you like to be in the WhatsApp sex group? Oh, okay. Gurmila Magath. Agus na na veg afail. Agus ni veg afail art. You won't be surprised. You won't be disappointed. Be le builan grupa toshkul gakrud ser and ashka gan arigat. Yeah. So be with the members. I imagine that's be with in the biblical sense. <laughs> be with the members of the group because everything is free. So yeah, we ganesh ser and ashka free sex. Ask Elga. What's this one? Ooh, hmm. ooh, ooh, okay. Um, she's quite forward, isn't she, Carmelina? She's quite, quite, yeah. Oh, here's one that uh, Chris sent us. Uh, Neil Isagum Kunas on Litter Show, Hosuet, I'm bad pronoun usage there. 
um, or preposition usage. What's a preposition, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Tosaime ernvirik gorebe amanda maanam. If that's a fact, if that's a firik, I'm going to question that straight away. Tomitrukado rogume agustakoni orum sanyunlan. Oh, so Gardine probably knows her. Oh, yeah. Um, imagine, yeah. imagine Finland. Yeah. So, Boilum Amakahavlat on May the Tawny's Mo. I would like to spend time with you an amount that is more. Um, okay. The to dum is Fajr Lemma vocal the litter echo. I ask you not to write to me. My boyfriend would see your letters. Uh, so what do you do? Oh, yeah, here we go. Install this app on your phone to speak yeah, to yeah. me. Right, uh, dead on. Yeah, no problem. Amanda from Finland. Grimmie it's like dangerous liaisons, you know. We don't want our letters to be seen. We must communicate in private. Yeah. Um, oh, here's one that Tyg said this uh, from someone he's not connected to on Facebook. Sieve Dotu Prostitute Donna. And uh, lovely little emojis. Uh, Irish flag, bikini. And pointy finger. Um, why is why is there right. pointy finger? Uh, pointing at the link to the oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. the to the the naughty prostitute dating site. I mean, we've got terms. That's just lazy translation, to be honest with you, because there are terms in the folklore for prostitute and for sex worker mm. and for the likes. So I don't know why. Um, and Pather says I've been getting calls from uh, her majesty's customs and i only reply in irish <laughs> <laughs> spam them back if i their mother absolutely <laughs> so look it's not a, it's not actually a new thing would you believe this has been happening um for quite some time and i uh, found an article from 11 years ago today would you believe oh. uh, yeah yeah um friday the 26th of february uh 2010 Gordon Smith was writing in the uh, the Irish Times. Uh, Native Irish speakers are being targeted in a new wave of spam, spam emails. The message concerned purports to come from a Patrick Chan of the Hang Seng Bank in Hong Kong. It asked the recipient if they would be interested in a transaction involving Sim War Arrogate. However, the supposed sender introduces themselves as Tom A rather than Is Misha. Dead <laughs> giveaway. Oh, yeah dead giveaway but it's interesting there's a there's a bit here from an expert in uh spam emails and other sort of phishing exercises and the point of this is for the sender to appear more credible or even to get sympathy from someone who may be an irish speaker and could be impressed that a person has bothered to translate the message (laughs) and it sort of does like okay (laughs) yeah like i mean to be fair i i'm actually impressed like particularly in particular when when it's well written spam um but yeah like if people do tend to treat it as a little bit more legitimate if something arrives in in irish and there's kind of a there's there's two things going on here there's obviously people who just sort of they do the yuming is anam dumb approach they look at the map ireland do they have a language irish grand lob it into a translation service free one online and bang in the the spam email or have the bot auto-generated in that language that's 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 one way of doing it. And then there are people who just go like, well, I mean, if I do this, like that, that Da Hongok one, it was Roshin who sent us that one. Amazing fishing, like unbelievable. That looks so legit, except for the fact that it comes from shove a potato up your tailpipe at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, just, and that, that, that that's attention to detail. And like, okay, there is a point, there is a point where you just go like, I'm not going to click on this. I'm obviously not going to fall for the spam. But you know, I'm going to give you a tip of the cap because, uh, well done, sir. That is a, uh, 
That was a lot of effort you put into trying to take my money, but not today. Not today, chap. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, 11 years ago, 11 years ago, they were warning about this new wave of um, spam emails coming in. And yeah, it's still happening. I still get one every other day. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I remember um, there was a chap around about the same time, 11 years ago or more. Uh, when spam was still new and it still was chaps in internet cafes in different parts of the world sending you stuff uh, as opposed to auto-generated. The technology hadn't caught up really at that stage. Um, the Anyway, the, the, these phishing scams, one fella, he <laughs> ended up saying, how do I know it's really you? Send me a photo of yourself with a shoe on your head. And he ended up doing this blog, this website, where he had pictures of hundreds of lads <laughs> with shoes on their head. Trying to prove that they were who they said they were in their in their email address or in their email, uh, looking to get money out of it. It was very funny. It was very funny. But really, don't don't reply to spam. Not not to a frag or a bear. Absolutely, you can't go anywhere because I know the big thing is when people do reply, thinking they're smart, it it just verifies the fact. I mean, if they're sending an email to a thousand possible email addresses and nine hundred and ninety of them come back as not being real, the other ones are verified, and that means they can when they send the next one, they'll send it just to the verified ones, and that's how they build this stuff up. So, I mean, has the progress in has the progress in spam? Does it reflect any development in developments in, in machine translation? Are are these getting better? Yeah, they are getting better in in, in essence because uh, like Microsoft recently brought Irish on board into their Bing translation, mm-hmm. uh, and I had a chat with one of their senior engineers about it. And like the biggest hurdle that they were facing was the fact that you know the the verb subject object order. Um, mm-hmm. Is a massive challenge for machine translation, um, but they're they're slowly overcoming it. And they and you know we we've spoken at length on the podcast about one of the major failings is there's not a lot of Irish online mm-hmm. uh, that machine translation engines can grab from, yeah, and you know basically spew back out because certain phrases like for example you know I am the representative of your dead uncle in uh, Burkina Faso that may not have ever been used in a book that was written in Irish and published online. It mm-hmm. may, may never, it may have been. I don't know. I haven't read everything Parik O'Connor has written, so he may have written about a dead uncle in Burkina Faso. I'm not a, I'm not overly certain. I doubt it, though. Um, so, you know, as more Irish is published online and as thousands and thousands of people are tweeting in Irish, uh, you know, there's more for machine translation to pull from. So it's becoming more sophisticated. Basically, what I'm trying to say is Skynet. The machines are learning. And they will Mm -hmm. eventually take over. But in the meantime, uh, spamming is getting a lot more sophisticated and the translations are getting a lot more sophisticated and it's becoming a lot more difficult to tell what is spam and what isn't. But I mean, usually if someone asks you for money, just say no. Just no. And on that note, I want to remind people about our Patreon. Yeah, unless you know who they are and you and you call them podcast dad and you love their content. I mm-hmm. mean, buy things, yeah. Buy, yeah I mean, buy, consume. Buy things. There's no ethical consumption under late-stage capitalism. So consume. Buy subscriptions to podcasts and be happy. Happiness guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Happiness is not a guarantee. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> uh, Your happiness may differ, may differ from the happiness of motherfuckers <laughs> producers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like ah, oh, but what if I what if I get an email that claims to be from my mother saying she's stuck in Spain? It's like give her what? Give her a ring. Hmm. Oh, the email says uh, the email says her phone doesn't work. Well, fucking ring her. 
<laughs> if the phone works, the email's lying. So if the phone doesn't work, don't give her any money. Just don't. The, don't give your mother any money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't... I mean, all the times your poor mother has given you money when you were going out dancing. I suppose she did give me a fiver to go to a Kaylee in the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. I will pay her back for the dancing money. And other than that, if she gets stuck in Spain, especially if she didn't tell you she's going to Spain in the first place. Yeah, well, then you'd be very cross because, you know, she told us, you know, she told your sister. Of course. Those two are in cahoots. (laughs) They're out out to get me. They have a separate WhatsApp group without you and they just slag you all the time. You know what? Not only is that true, but I don't even have a sister. That's how bad the situation is. Good stuff. So, I mean, before we wrap up, I mean, like, are you enjoying any other podcasts at the moment? No. No? I wouldn't cheat on you. <laughs> are you enjoying listening to other podcasts? Not just being on them. <laughs> That's what I meant. Obviously, you wouldn't dream of going on other podcasts without my prior approval. <laughs> um, am I enjoying other podcasts? Yeah. Uh, fuck it. I don't know. I should say... Well, I'll, I'll start just by talking some some recent podcast episodes, which I've really enjoyed, and in which there's this show called Switched on Pop. It's on the Vulture Podcast Network. And one of the things they did recently was they looked at... The, they they basically analyze pop music from from the perspective of a musicologist and a songwriter. So they actually, and it, rather than just being like nerds who have strong opinions on other other people's creativity, they actually know things about chord changes and and octave ranges and stuff <laughs> oh, like that. Oh no, it's worse. They're well informed nerds with strong opinions <laughs> but, on pop culture. <laughs> but they looked at the soundtrack to Bridgerton and the actual decisions made in arranging kind of con- contemporary pop music for a um, a restoration era classical music, such as how they got a, 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 how "Thank You Next" was arranged for um, yeah. for piano and violin. But they also okay. looked at the actual classical music chosen for it and one of the, uh, there was a very interesting story about how Brahms the composer he was in love with a widow of his friend and they couldn't be together by social mores but he composed a piece of music which is a, a piano duet where two people will be playing piano at the same time and he wrote little bits in it where their hands would touch while they're both playing <sighs> Ah, and that was this is of, like this is like why set dancing was invented. Exactly, ways to touch people, <laughs> ways to touch people, and ways to, to ch- talk to people, ways to whisper in someone's ear mm. when you when you were chaperoned. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Because you know, like the Bridgerton, Bridgerton was was good. Like it was good. Nicola Coughlin's absolutely class. She's amazing. Mm. Um, everything she touches turns to gold. She's class. I'm a big fan. Um, but the the. The, the thing about like the the restoration era visuals and the you know modern pop and pop rock music that's been done mm-hmm. uh, that's been that was done i remember the first time i ever saw that was in a film called plunkett mclean yes i saw that robert carlyle and i think johnny vaughn johnny lee miller or, johnny lee miller that's right not johnny vaughn and Liv tyler was uh, in that wasn't she Liv tyler was mm-hmm. in that one yeah um but yeah they were the they were uh the Scottish and English highwaymen um, and that was a bunch of those sort of uh, you know late uh, late 18th early 19th century uh, Georgian Regency era sort of things where the, all the all the dances were pattern dances and very stoic and staid and lots of curtsies and bows but it was like fucking Nirvana or whatever uh, well, playing given the late the 90s Britpop era it would have been probably an <coughs> ocean colour scene or blur well, no, or something I'm going to find out yeah. I'm going I'm to see if, if uh, such a thing is a Plunkett and McLean soundtrack um, a bit of Craig Armstrong how about that oh yeah good old um, Craig Armstrong 
Yeah, the tiger lilies. A lot of the tiger lilies and um, some Tina Weymouth. Uh, yeah, and a lot of Craig Armstrong. That's the original soundtrack. I don't know if they used any other... Uh, I don't know. And obviously, Moulin Rouge did that as well, the musical, the Baz Luhrmann musical. Mm-hmm. But a lot of music, a lot of musicals are going down that way as well. It seems Singing that way. But it's modern, modern songs. I mean, it's interesting that they choose modern songs, but, the, but also the creative decisions in terms of making those arrangements to make them sound as though they were of the era is an interesting process. Anyway, that's, that's, one of, that's my podcast recommendation for our listener this week. I'm listening to a podcast called Behind the Bastards, oh. uh, which is a long form podcast uh, by a writer called Robert Evans. And he basically analyzes the worst people in history. Um, from King Leopold I of Belgium to Adolf Hitler to Ben Shapiro to Ted Cruz, um, basically anyone who could be categorised uh, as a bastard, uh, and has a guest in studio and he basically reads a 6,000 word essay to them and they riff on it. So every single podcast is uh, two episodes, about an hour and a half long each. So if you just want to listen to someone talk about what a bastard, a certain bastard is uh, for three hours, it's brilliant. Um, so I listen to it every night. Get, get my get my get my hate on, you know. Has he done Yates yet? Uh, no, I'm, I've been writing to him. I mean, like Robert Evans, if you're listening, um, do Yates, bastard, a monkey ball injecting, slippery handed bastard. Although he who was, could, who could write a decent poem? Who could, he could write a decent write poem? A decent and poem. he was involved on the coinage committee. One of the um, one of the best things that the early free state actually did was putting animals and coins and if you are following yeah, for, the if you're following the kids if you're following the motherfucker Laura account this particular week our guest curator is the is the, the quiet activist behind the put of the animals and coins movement we'll never it's really know mov- who is he it is. a movement <laughs> it's a movement it's a movement we <laughs> don't movement. we don't know how many how many strong they are put the ban of back on the coins that's what i say put the bow on the ban <laughs> I love it. Put the bow on the bound, yeah. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> bound Ari Good bow More. Yeah, that'd be class. I'd I'd love to get the uh, I think I think Europe should have joined the punt. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, you know it was the closest one. It was the closest of all the European currencies that joined the Euro. The the Irish punt was the closest to one to one. So we had the kind of the the least adjusting to do. Uh, and then we still bitched about it. We still complained about it relentlessly about having to go 79 cents on one side and one euro 27 on the other. But I mean, like we had probably some of the least amount of mental arithmetic to do. But we adjusted. So I guess the least amount was the Germans because it's basically two Deutschmarks. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah, yeah. It he, would be he, he'd never guess who was, who was behind that decision. If <laughs> 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 you have come up with a new currency in Frankfurt, and it is easy for the mental arithmetic. <laughs> yes, gas. But anyway, um, if you receive some Tershka or Span, please do let us give give us do contact us on the Twitter on the on uh, or, or wherever you get or wherever, and we would love to see. It. We might even read out some of the other examples you get if you want to send us on. So please do. And so, until the next time, Slon for me. Okay, Slon, I'm just Fragger and Tursker. Don't answer the spam. Slon. We hope you enjoyed this week's highly informative episode of Motherfucker. Lore. <laughs> Motherfucker comes out every Friday in the Head Stuff Podcast Network. If you can't wait that long for your next podcast fix, Head Stuff to another one. Unfra- un- to- Many other top quality shows, including Words That Effect, The World According to Wikipedia, and Pints of Malt, all top notch. 
If you'd like to contact the show, please send us a WhatsApp note to the number in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Um, thanks a million to everyone who's subscribed over the last number of weeks and months. And if you're interested in getting bonus content and access to uh, more than just the weekly dose of mother folklore, you can subscribe at patreon.com forward slash Darek. Thanks as always to Kirsten Shield for the artwork and to Brian, the tireless, tireless Brian for producing. Uh, we appreciate them more than words could ever say. I might send them a, a, a nice email just more to, to than thank them. Words. Yeah. Kirsten Agus Brian Ahara is Misha on Sexy Prince Pather. And so, until the next time, mind yourselves, Agaslam. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. You have WhatsApp on the laptop? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what I need.